Hi, and welcome to Social Work Leaders and the last episode of 2023. Today, I had a great conversation with Tuba Malik. Tuba is a qualified social worker and the founder of the Thrive Social Work app. We spoke about productivity in social work, we spoke about the well-being of social workers and how the Thrive Social Work app aims to help social workers to be more productive whilst supporting their well-being. We also spoke about how systems could work so much better to support our well-being and some of Tuba's ideas around this. Tuba also showed a lot of gratitude to the Frontline Charity for supporting her innovation. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Tuba, how are you? Hello Kyrene, I'm good thank you. How are you doing? I'm well, very well. How's your week been so far? It's been a pretty busy week, pretty busy, you know, the rest of the wicked, but I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Tuba, it's lovely to be able to speak to you and catch up on this topic, really. Um, so I learned about you and the work that you do, I think it would have been the beginning of this year through an in- innovation program that I was doing at the time. And I just felt it was wonderful to see how you were really pioneering social work, well-being and productivity, two things I'm really interested in. So I'm really pleased we're going to dig into that a bit today. No, I'm excited to. Yeah, these are topics that I'm super passionate about as well. So, yeah. Brilliant. But before we do that, Tuba, I'd love for you to tell me a bit about yourself. So who is Tuba? That's a lovely question. <laughs> um, so Tuba is a 29-year-old person just navigating life. Um, I did my first degree in Arabic and international development. And then I went on to um, embark on the frontline program um, and got my master's there. And I did that in Manchester. Best city in the world. <laughs> I love Manchester. Um, and then I continue to work as a child protection social worker in Trafford Um, so definitely loved being up in the northwest Um, I was really into how the kind of the participatory um, approaches to development that I learned in my first degree and how that was kind of applied in social work and how it's really grassroots and then I really loved how the frontline program brought up kind of the strengths of families and the systems that are already there and using those strengths um, in order to help create, uh, you know, positive behavioral change from the families themselves. So I really, I really appreciated those approaches, both with my first degree and with the frontline program. Um, and it was around 2019-ish that I was really trying to find a way to manage my caseload as, you know, as your caseload starts getting bigger and your work starts, you know, piling up. You really are at a point where you want to just manage it better. And I started getting some ideas about how I could do that. Um, And it was around March 2020 when I was getting some really great ideas. But of course, the world kind of just stood still. And we all know what happened. So the COVID, uh, the pandemic really affected me in so many ways. Um, I was trying to kind of continue these systems, which helped me kind of be efficient and be as good a social worker as I can be but then just like hundreds of other social workers across the country and probably the world I became completely burnt out from like the level of the work the stress 
um, the changes um, and, and basically the collective trauma that we were all going through in that time. Um, so I was pretty burnt out and I was signed off sick by my doctor um, for a couple of months, just like so many other colleagues I knew I know of. And when I came back to work, I really wanted to prevent anything from this, prevent anything like this happening again in any way I could with the power that I have, just able to control what I'm able to control, not other things. Um, and that's kind of where the Thrive app was actually born. And that's kind of where the prototype was enhanced to include elements of well-being um, and tracking your well-being and being really self-aware um, in a way that that in a way that we aren't really encouraged as social workers as much and kind of using that data to advocate for myself. So I'm yeah, happy to go into that a little bit in a bit more detail. But generally I am a wife, a sister, a daughter, practicing Muslim, a social entrepreneur, and I'm also a behavioral care manager for another startup. Oh amazing, amazing. It's really helpful hearing about your journey and in particular the fact that you're hearing about your child protection background so as you said once you left the frontline program you went into child protection social work um and why I say it's interesting is because you've experienced the first-hand reality of children's services practice and I always think it's helpful because I think lots of people imagine and they hear what children's social work looks like but when you experience it you get a real feel about why people love it but also why it's really challenging absolutely I also think and and when we talk about well-being and some of the areas that you touched on sometimes it it feels and I know I've been there and felt that sometimes that is easier said than done but when you hear from social workers who have been there and have been able to put some practices in place I think it's really valuable so you touched on it a little bit too but but when you were in practice how did you navigate the balance of social working and your own well-being? Well, it definitely was quite a tumultuous journey, I have to say. And it, it definitely is easier said than done. Um, you know, we're, we're given a lot of kind of advice, but putting that into practice in your day-to-day life, in the surroundings and the air that you're breathing as a social worker is very hard. But I do feel like there were really great learnings that I had, like learning moments where I was able to actually put things into practice that helped. Um, I guess also relevant to this is that I have a chronic illness. And so this is like an additional obstacle that I was having to navigate as a social worker with fatigue and pain and other symptoms that were cropping up every day. And so looking after myself was it's important for everyone but it was having more direct and like quicker results if I wasn't looking after myself I would be directly feeling that impact the next day rather than you know in a year or so when I went as it as it could become for other people um I would say that the biggest takeaway for me was really taking like changing my mindset from one that is from one that was quite sacrificial, self-sacrificial, to one that is quite proactive and kind to myself. Um, And that's something which is pretty, it's like a lot of unlearning you have to do about what it means to be a social worker and what it means to be empathetic and what it means to be selfless, Um, which are qualities that, you know, all social workers have, which is why I think we're such an amazing group of people. But we also 
do shoot ourselves in the foot with these qualities and so I feel like I had to do some unlearning of those things and realize that in some ways it's not selfish to not always be selfless if that makes sense yes um, and boundaries was the most important way and kind of mental boundaries was the was the most effective thing I put into place because then I was able to put actual kind of physical boundaries in like my workplace and how I'm interacting with people and my structure at work but that first started with my mindset in in accepting that things had to change and that it's okay for me to be putting these boundaries in place. Wow that's and I think that's really key because I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about well-being, we we hear about a lot of practical things, you know, take your lunch break, take your annual leave. Those things are all absolutely necessary, aren't they? But they're not sufficient. And what you just said there, I think is so key. The, the starting place is about shifting our mindset and unlearning a lot of the ideas that we have about social work, because to some extent, it almost feels that it's a choice between doing your role well or looking after yourself and actually that should never be a choice you know we should be able to do both really well and you know if we look after ourselves more we should be able to look after others more as well um so I think that's really interesting and I think we we, we know that some of the the issues that we're going through need some serious systemic changes to help us to be able to do it better um but I'm also interested in how systems or how you feel that systems and technology can create barriers to pr promoting good well-being for us that is such a huge topic honestly we could just we could just talk about just that and, and be talking for hours seriously um with this, the systems and the technology that we have they can be so helpful for us and they can be such a hindrance as well mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've wanted to just throw my laptop across the room because <laughs> I have been so stressed about the systems and in general the user experience of the software that's something that I am really passionate about because having some kind of background into some uh, just a general interest in user experience of software um, and then realizing how there is very it seems like there is little thought put into that with the software that we use as social workers and that really frustrates me because that just makes our our jobs l more difficult less pleasant in a role that's already not very pleasant with the things that we're having to kind of be exposed to every single day um I'd say that the technology that we have can definitely streamline our workflows in a way to they can make our lives easier um, but it's also becoming a bit of a crutch for our kind of management and our kind of more, the more like systemic powers at play here, like, like a higher management, for example, to, um, be cautious. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being cautious. Documentation is so important. Um, but there is also an element of what is the result we're trying to get out of this is it really an amazingly written up assessment with every single tiny detail documented or is it positive behavioral change with the family that I'm working with um and how can I balance those two things by doing a good job with both um at the end of the day your priority is the family and I know every single social worker 
has that priority right absolutely um it's just the systemic kind of powers honestly um sometimes make it really hard for us to do that part of our job absolutely and I guess it makes me think about um the need for there to be expert input when I say expert I'm talking about social workers um being the experts in designing the systems that we use I know you know social workers managers we may sometimes have input in forms being created but actually it's bigger than that we need to have input in the system as a whole um, to exactly as you said to be clear on what we're trying to achieve and whether our systems are allowing us to achieve that I I wondered Tuba how you would say that social workers on an individual level could use technology more effectively to reduce the bureaucracy and some of the lengthy admin that comes with our roles on an individual level I think there are definitely so many things social workers can do but I think it's important to take into account that social workers are often told what systems to use and often don't have the bandwidth to experiment with other systems or softwares or ideas and then present this to management and they don't always have the bandwidth to do that Um, and a lot of the time it is kind of like a top-down approach as to what you're being told to do Um, What things can help, though, that is in the control of a social worker working in a general child protection or any kind of role. And what helped me is um, kind of using different modalities that work with kind of my style. So, for example, voice notes really helped me using WhatsApp. Once um, the pandemic started and we were suddenly allowed to use WhatsApp and it kind of made me think, why have we not used WhatsApp? Like I use WhatsApp every day in my normal life. So every family I know uses WhatsApp, but when they work with social workers, it's like these things don't exist and we have to print things out and give it. And I, that's a completely different, that's a big frustration of mine, but I use using a WhatsApp group with just me in it. And I was using this to kind of record voice notes of my visits and everything was encrypted. So it was all kind of safe. Um, And I was able to just kind of say after a visit, I just kind of voice recorded. Okay, I went to see so and so. This is what happened. This is what I remember. And just kind of saying it out loud helped me with like the reflection process because there was a lot of there was a lot more loan working going on in the pandemic um, because you're not in the office as often to talk to your colleagues and it also meant when I was going off to my next visit I had kind of already had a bit of a kind of a, a little bit not not event but just kind of like a let it out way. yeah a debrief absolutely um and it also meant I wasn't holding all this stuff in my head which is one thing which when I was kind of reading into how we can be truly productive and efficient as humans. That's one of the things to not keep things in your head. It's just not efficient. And we carry too many things in our minds because I think we're worried about kind of putting it down somewhere. Um, So that really helped me, um, voice notes in general. Um, I also found kind of sending files to families electronically, like creating a really simplified version of their child in need plan in the form of like a list or a text message or like a really simple infographic just seems to be so much more useful than the complicated printouts that we have, which have all this other information, which have multiple pages. They're not formatted very well, which 
which always bothered me it just it always bothered the kind of the, the person who I like things that look nice um and I found that they that families actually were more likely to follow a plan that was nice to look at and that was a that was so interesting because if the design we have around us in everyday life and the apps we use and the posters we see it's well it's well designed design it's good it looks nice but then you come to social work and everything is black and white tiny writing badly formatted and I always found that that actually has a huge impact um design is important um I also found automating as much as I could so anything that can be automated that doesn't need a human social worker to do I would want to try to automate it so this was actually the basis of the Thrive app in that I wanted to automate how, when I needed to complete my visits and be able to have like a really clear to-do list that was automated. So I don't have to spend 10 minutes in the morning figuring out what I have to do because that, that those 10 minutes was, and it sometimes was more than that, just figuring out what to do can be really stressful because when you don't know what to do, it can feel like you have everything to do and you'll never get it done. Once you have it down, you're able to actually make a feasible plan. And you're also able to see and have evidence that sometimes it's not feasible to get it all done. And then you're able to say, look, this is how long it takes me to do this. Yeah. This is this is how many things I have. This is, if I math it up, this is how long it's going to take me. And look, there are not enough hours in the day. And then you're able to say with evidence and just feel a bit better about it. Again, it's like the, the whole mindset of boundaries. That's not possible today. So it's not going to happen. And I found that really helpful. And that came from automating systems to know what I needed to do. Um, set and forget systems. So things that I kind of put a bit of effort into at the start, set reminders, and then automated them so that they repeated whenever I needed them to and for, and then I just forgot about them mm. it, it is pretty hard because every local authority uses different software systems some use yes. google some use outlook some you can you know use voice transcription for some you can't um but that's something I think kind of needs to change I think local authorities especially um can use the technologies that are out there that can really help our workflows make us more efficient make us better social workers in general and really just contribute to preventing burnout which is so so important because the turnover of social workers is is really impacted by the inefficiencies we have in our systems absolutely absolutely i, I completely i completely agree with that to bar and you know as, as you just mentioned the turnover is so significant and the impact that that's, that has on the families we work with is is huge and that's why I was so interested in the Thrive Social Work app because I mean I had a good browse of the website myself and it and I think it even says it on there but it's so obvious when you go through it that this is for social workers made by social workers it's so clear because you know it captures the things that we are used to such as um, annual leave, um, well, not annual leave, sorry, toil, that that aspect of the well-being. But the case tracker was the area that I really, for me, spoke to me because it's those practical things that really make the difference. Knowing what I'm doing today, um, kind of being able to prioritise what I'm doing today versus what might need to happen later on in the day or maybe even tomorrow. Those are the things that, for me, support my well-being being um and actually even give me the space to think about toil or think about leave um 
so that's what I really really enjoyed about it so I wondered you've you touched on what inspired your journey um or why why thrive social work but where are you with thrive at the moment yeah so we're at a really exciting point at the moment where we're launching pilots with local authorities so I so I don't know if you want to hear more about kind of the different features of the app and how they can kind of relate to social workers and be useful so the Thrive app has three main parts to it the first, as you mentioned, is the case tracker, which is also what, you know, probably maybe my favorite because that's kind of what create what made the app come to be in the first place. Um, and the case tracker is a place where you can pop your cases in. It takes a couple minutes. In newer versions, it'll be automatically linked to your local authority system. But at the moment, it's manual. So it'll take about 30 seconds per case. You can say whether they're that where the case is a sibling so that you can kind of link them up if, if people if children live in the same household um put it in their birthday so the app will remind you when it's a kid's birthday which is really important because really you important. need to know when important dates are like that yes so important. and that's something that our case management systems don't do um you don't want to be calling a child up on their birthday and saying I'm here to deliver this parent parent like no no let them have their birthday or say happy birthday or whatever it is be be you know considerate for that day whatever or whatever the kid needs um anyway (laughs) as you can see I'm very passionate about birthdays (laughs) um so the case tracker is also a place where you put in how often you want to see the child so for some children it may be two weeks sometimes it may be the four weeks sometimes it may be six weeks sometimes it may be two days depending on what's going on with the case um and it'll remind you to see that child um every visit has a place for you to put notes um it'll give you some prompts for your for your visit notes things like what you know what were the observations you saw around the house um, what was the voice of the child is the most important thing to to document and it also gives you the chance to do this in a voice note so you can just kind of record your observations um, but the app will also then transcribe this if you don't want to type it up yourself so you'll just transcribe it and then in just one tap of a button it will email these notes to your work email address so that the next time I'm at my laptop doing uploading all my case notes I don't need to kind of go through the process of thinking about what happened at that visit, going yeah. through notes, my notebook or whatever it is. Um, I can just kind of go into my emails and kind of copy and paste, edit some full stops in and, you know, make sure it's all, you know, legible and spelled correctly. Um, and it really will half the time it takes to complete your case notes. So that's the case tracker. Um, the same thing happens for child in need or child protection meetings as well. So you put in how often you need a child in need meeting, how often you need a child protection core group meeting, and it will remind you when they're due. Um, it can also link up to your calendar as well, but that's an optional thing because I know some social workers already have a system for how visits look in their calendar. Some people, some some teams have it all together in their kind of in their teams within their local authority. So that's an optional thing because I know every local authority is different. Um, the second um, feature is that I call it the Daily Thrive. It is a well-being tracker. So the app asks you to check in at the beginning, at the end of your work day, which is again the app knows when you start and finish work, um, and that's important for for uh, I'll get to that why that's important. 
Um, so at 9 a.m. it would ask me, how are you doing today? And it takes about 10 seconds, maybe less, to put in a number for my stress, my mood and my motivation. And then it will also ask me, and this is again optional if you want to do it. If you don't, you don't have to. It'll ask me at the beginning of the day, what do you need today? And this was really helpful for the social workers who tested this in our prototyping and for, for myself as well to just take a second before I start the day and think about how I'm feeling and think about what, what I need before I think about all the children and families I'm working with. Um, again, it kind of links back to the mindset shift of it's not selfish to be less selfless in every single moment. And so, for example, if I was feeling a bit under the weather, I'd be like, well, I think I'm coming on with a flu. I need to make sure I don't overdo it today. I need to make sure I definitely have a few more breaks today. Um, similarly, having a chronic illness makes this even more kind of relevant to me in that I have to ask myself every morning, okay, what do I need today so that I don't overdo it and I don't make myself more ill? But it's relevant to everyone because we all have needs. Um, at the end of the day, the app will also ask you, you'll, you'll track your stress, mood, your motivation, just to see how that's going. And it will also ask you what your daily win was. And this was a really exciting part because, again, in our prototyping, in our testing with social workers, they loved having just a whole bank of good things that they're doing. And it was so powerful for me as well to see like even just after two weeks, I have 10 things which I am doing good, like a good things that I'm doing. Um, and even if this is, I got through the day without crying. You know, yeah. sometimes that is your win and yeah. that's proud of. Um, and it's also something to bring into supervision if you're looking at um, kind of developing yourself and your role. It's, it's, um, it's really strength-based basically yeah. to see what you're doing well. Um, and the third part of the app is the pocketbook. Um, the pocketbook is really exciting. It's actually up and coming and we'll be working with our partner local authorities to develop this further um, and other kind of social work, people in the social work field who are into this kind of particular um, kind of uh, type of uh, learning. The pocketbook is a collection of really digestible nuggets of social work practice that you can use on the go so for example I loved my motivational interviewing training and I love MI in general but I don't always remember all my training when I am just about to go into a visit with a family and so I will go onto the pocketbook and quickly look at the MI pocketbook uh kind of pocket I guess and just have a quick refresher and these are really practical resources so we're not really we don't need to go into the theory that's what your training is for and it's yes. not replacing training it's just a really helpful practical refresher so we're really looking forward to adding more to the pocketbook um, because all the resources are vetted and approved by social workers in a way that it's saying this is useful for on-the-go social work oh, yes um, that's kind of the difference there it's great for on the go and it also has resources around practical things that social workers can do to help them with their well-being with creating their own wellness action plans for example um 
as well as direct work sometimes you are a bit lost for kind of what can I do with with this family I'm, I'm really trying to figure out a creative way to engage and so it has loads of ideas on kind of direct work um, resources and that's all within the Thrive app so that the moment that's those are the main features of the app and we're looking at kind of developing more kind of features and also to kind of hone the ones we already have um, so that more things are automated using AI to help us develop different resources, as well as help us develop insights into our well-being so that we're able to prevent burnout more proactively. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting where we're up to at the moment. So we are soon launching our pilot programs with local authorities. We have a couple spaces available as well. So if you're interested in getting this in your local authority, do get in touch um, the pilot program is um, kind of formed in a trauma-informed uh, management approach. So this means that we know how it feels to have change come into our workflows as social workers. It's not nice. It's really annoying, honestly. Even if it's something that's helpful, it's not always pleasant because we have so much going on as social workers. So we've developed the pilot in a way that is informed in that approach so that it really is up to the social workers as to how much change they want to implement um it's all about kind of the trauma-informed um principles of choice autonomy um etc so that's something that's really important to us um and kind of working with social workers working with specific champions within local authorities and providing a lot of support. So the pilot isn't just kind of giving you the password. It's also working with social workers and the local authority as a system to implement it and learn about how we can better the app and improve the app to serve social workers. At the end of the day, it's built by social workers for social workers. Um, so our, our sole purpose is to improve the lives of, of just children, at the moment, children, social workers. Um, so that's what we're committed to doing. And you can really hear your passion for it too, but just as you speak, um, and that this is something that it sounds like this is something that you would have benefited from when you oh, were 100%. a worker on the front line. And I, it's so obvious that this was it was born out of that. And I on it, if you're a social worker listening at whatever level, I would really encourage you to have a look at um the website, the Thrive Social Work website, and look at how this could benefit you and your colleagues. And bring it to the attention of your managers and senior leaders because I really think it could have a significant positive impact on how we function in social work and thrive and I love that that's you know the name of it too but because it is about thriving in social work and not just surviving um and and ideas like this for me is what social work leadership is about because why when we're in practice even in le as leaders we don't always have the answers, but when there are other social workers out there using their experience, using their expertise to develop solutions like this, I think it's just, it's brilliant. And I'm really hopeful. I'm really excited to hear how the pilot goes um, and hoping more people in local authorities are hearing this and will reach out as well. I hope so too. Thank you. <laughs> so too, but I always ask the question towards the end of um, any podcast I do, what does social work leadership mean to you? It's a really good question. Um, very powerful question, actually. Social work leadership, to me, 
um it's about finding a voice and this can be something that's really hard when you're in the thick of it um but it's simply saying this needs to change here's an idea or this needs to change and I don't have any idea of how to do it but let's work it out together Mm. Um, and it's about stepping outside the box and being creative and brave with your thinking Um, systems can change and I think that's what leadership is about but it takes time and hard work but the first step is knowing it's possible and vocalizing that so I really would say the the social work leadership to me really means finding your voice and saying something however quiet your voice may be just saying something as a start yes yeah, that, that's also incredibly powerful about the, the need to find your voice. And I often think it's about advocating for yourself as well as we do for others. Because I think often we are brilliant in finding a voice for children, adults, families we work with. But when it comes to finding a voice for ourselves, for our colleagues, that's when we can struggle a bit. So I think that's an amazing example of what social work leadership means to you. So finally, how can people connect if they want to know more about Thrive Social Work or if they're a local authority who are interested in being part of the the journey? Well, the best way to contact me is online, as most things are these days. Yeah. (laughs) So my email address is probably the best place to contact me, and that's tuba at thrivesocialwork.com. That's tuba, T-O-O-B-A at thrivesocialwork.com or you can go onto our website thrivesocialwork.com and complete one of our interest forms. Um, We're really interested in getting more testers into our tester community. We have a whole community of social workers who test the app, give us feedback, just have a go. We love hearing from social workers because we know that that's how our software is going to become the most useful and effective uh, to help social workers so if you're interested in testing if you're interested in getting the app in your local authority um, complete the form on the website or contact me um, on my email address Um, I'm also on Twitter but honestly I don't use it that much so never mind don't worry about Twitter (laughs) email definitely the best so (laughs) yeah brilliant thank you thank you so much Tuba thanks for being here today Thank you for having this conversation. And honestly, I'm so excited to see what the journey of Thrive continues to look like, Thrive Social Work, because as I said earlier, it's just, it's an amazing, innovative idea that I think has the power to really shift how we function and and thrive in practice. So thank you. Thank you so much. I would also just add that the Thrive Social Work app wouldn't have been made possible if it wasn't for the frontline innovation program because they funded the app and have been really supportive in making sure that I have the right kind of expertise to build the app and so it really is kind of programs like frontline's innovation program and the different people and people who have supported me along the way which have helped thrive come to be it really has been a collective effort from the social work community and I'm really grateful to for them and, and for everyone who's helped along the way but thank you so much for listening to me and <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. I really appreciate it, Karine. No worries. Thank you so much, Tuba.
hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tuba. And if you are someone who's had any innovative ideas in social work, I hope it's inspired you to think a little bit more about how you could put these into action. I will put all of Tuba's information and the website details in the description box below. So this is the last episode of 2023. Thank you so much for everybody who has listened to the podcast this year, commented, got involved in some way, shape or form. It's all noticed and it's all appreciated. So thank you and see you in 2024. Bye.